0: This is Sheila Adam Stafford, and you're listening to Project-Based Learning in Practice. This week's podcast is brought to you by the Buck Institute for Education, who believes that all students, no matter where they live or what their background, should have access to quality project-based learning to deepen their learning and achieve success in college, career, and life. As a teacher and coach, I can honestly say they have some awesome resources available on their website. Everything from books, to project planning guides, to project calendars, rubrics, assessment maps, you name it. They offer services that can really help your staff or district implement high quality PBL, including training, coaching, and my favorite, Project slices, where educators get the experience of going through a PBL project as if they were students. Check out all they have to offer on their site www.bie.org again that's www.bie.org our guest this week is Darla Law savage she's a 20 plus year educator from delaware she's a proud third generation teacher who has been a district teacher of the year in two separate districts She's a wife, mother, a grandmother, and owner of Savage Educational Consulting. She currently teaches English at the Early College High School in Delaware State University. Hi, Dara.
1: How are you? I am wonderful. Shayla, how are you? I'm glad to speak to you.
0: Yes, I'm glad to speak with you as well. I know your year has gotten off to a great start. We're
1: we're halfway through the first quarter already. It's looking good. Looking good. Wow. <laughs>
0: Well, we just heard a bit about your background is there anything else our listeners should know about you um well
1: i'm a I'm a legacy teacher um, I'm the person who didn't think they wanted to be a teacher um, until I fell into it and and it's what I should have been doing all along so i'm I'm just happy to share what I've done with some other people and hopefully inspire them
0: absolutely you were destined to be in the classroom <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Dara, tell us a little bit about how you got into project-based learning. Well, my
1: district was one of many whose test scores were horrible. And a few years ago in the education system, you had a choice. You either had to restructure or the state could come in and take over your school and, and start with a whole fresh staff. So my principal at the time, Clarence Davis, went to visit a PBL school um, looking to restructure and he loved it. He brought it back to us. He sent us to go see one. and, And we were hooked and we started training that summer to be a PBL school within a school in our district. And I've never looked back. I love it. I have never looked back. I'll never teach in a traditional classroom again.
0: Wow. Wow. It, it does have that effect on you. Once you see it in action, you see the impact on student lives. You're like, absolutely. What was I doing before? <laughs> it's
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So tell us what you feel is your PBL superpower. I think what
1: I really work hard on to make sure all my projects have is authenticity because if the students don't buy into it, if it's not something that they can really see themselves using later after my class in another class, then it really falls flat uh, to me. And I know that that's one thing that I work on extremely hard in all my projects to make sure that they have a huge amount of authenticity.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about kind of your best PBL moment or project and what made it so awesome?
1: My baby project is the Carter G. Woodson Awards. It started out as just a research project, but it transformed into this huge school-wide event. And um, it is is my pet project. I I have to say, you're not supposed to have favorite students and you're not supposed to have favorite, but that is my favorite project
0: awesome tell us a little bit more about it
1: okay it uh started out the year that uh the oscars were having a lot of press negative press about the lack of diversity uh, in the nominees and my students kind of just like most students they watch the news kind of sort of if it comes across on their social media feed but they really don't pay attention and they had heard bits and pieces of it And I knew that I had to do research and I knew that Black History Month was coming. And because our school was new, we really didn't have anything planned. So the principal and I talked and we bounced ideas off each other and we came up with the Carter Awards. And it's basically their research project, but they are presenting a nomination package for a nominee for one of the Carter G. Woodson Awards, so we kind of bounce off the the Emmys, and we have categories, and and they actually pick their nominee. I give them a the category, and they pick their nominee, and that's who they research. They do a standard research paper on that person, but then we throw in the the award show type things, the media package, the the image gallery, and audio. Re- and things like that and they actually have to prepare a speech in case they win because it's a real <laughs> award show they have to prepare a speech as that person um so it became the entire school's black history month celebration oh wow just like the, just like the emmys have um, entertainment between um awards categories we had entertainment we had our dance team we had our step team we had the band oh, wow. we had It became this huge thing. We actually outgrew our auditorium and we have to go onto campus now.
0: Oh, wow. So what what campus are you for those of us that don't know where you We are
1: the we are the early college high school at Delaware State University in Dover, Delaware. So our students take high school and college classes um, through Mm -hmm. a dual enrollment setup. So we actually had to move our program over onto one of the campus auditoriums college kids come because the student teachers hear about it and they want to come and, and the, and it's, it's just huge and the kids love it and it grows every year and it's a little different every year because I have to keep it authentic, you know, for the kids who have already done it. So, but it's my favorite, favorite, favorite project.
0: Well, tell me a little bit about who they choose. Are they allowed to choose community members or these historical figures so how how does that process work?
1: Well I start out um, when we deal with the whole Emmy setup um, and the whole Carter G was an awards um, setup. I give them categories like literary giants, um, hidden figures, political uh-huh. giant things like you know the normal Black History Month categories that you would think of, but uh-huh. um, with the Carter Awards, they are to choose someone from slavery to 2000 only because I really didn't want the popular artists to be who they would research though. They would really have to do some research. So we've had everyone from uh, Malcolm X to uh, Madam CJ Walker, Billie Holiday, Duke Ellington. I mean, these kids, and I let them choose because if they find someone that they can't find enough information on, then they have to start over.
0: Wow. And so I'm just assuming you probably incorporate your standard writing scope and sequence into the research portion of this. So they're producing multiple kind of mini projects within the project they are they are there's
1: there's little projects within it they do a standard research paper um but then they have to find um interviews with that person to look at that type of document they have to uh find image galleries and then they have to create their own because if they win just like in the Emmys when that big picture comes up on the screen their image gallery will pop up and that's when they find out who wins. they have no idea who <laughs> wins until that actual event yeah yeah
0: wow that's awesome so you know this project sounds super like amazing and you've got all these different components coming together this performance aspect and you know, the writing aspect but tell us about a project that didn't really go so well and kind of some lessons you took away from that.
1: Uh, I had a project that and I actually ended up tweaking it and I'm and I'm doing the 2.0 version now is um, Alice in Wonderland. Oh. And the the goal of it is to get them to see that Alice in Wonderland is really a political satire which is a okay. higher level skill for ninth graders. But I, you know, I thought my kids were ready for it. They weren't as ready as I thought. Mm. Um, they got it, but they didn't get it the, as well as I would have wanted them to get mm. it. Um, so it just takes, I mean, you're still a teacher, no matter if it's PBL or traditional. So you know, and your kids aren't getting it. And I was afraid to pull back from the project of it to make sure that they got the content of it. Um, so I had to reorganize my pedagogy, I guess, to to make sure that the next go around, that the content part is a little stronger. Um, so, I mean, just like anything else, you you live and learn and you revise and you do it better the next time. So, but, but exactly. yeah, honestly, we're, we're on 2.0 right now and it's going a little better. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's definitely a key Kind of pivot that we often make in the middle of a project it's like, oh, I need to go back and do a little bit more direct instruction. Yeah. Um, I need to go back to the planning mm-hmm. um, absolutely. Some key content.
1: right, right, because in the end, in the end, project or not, they have to get that content
0: absolutely, absolutely. so I guess in thinking about sort of how to manage projects and, and how to you know leverage technology. Do you have um, a specific organizational tool or a specific um, just resource that you use that really has helped you?
1: Yes, we are a schoology school that's our learning platform. and within school it's a lot like Power School I know that a lot of people use and it's very similar to Blackboard um, that our kids use once they get on campus. But with Schoology, um, Google Docs is embedded. And Uh it is my best friend because I am 100% (laughs) paperless. I do not do paper. We are paperless in Mrs. Savage's room. So Google Docs Uh is my best friend. It's um, great, especially for writing, because you can see the revisions and Uh you can see comments from me in real time or near time before that draft is all the way done, they can fix it because they can see my comments more quickly through Google Docs. It has become a lifesaver.
0: Yeah, Google Docs is is my friend too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what advice would you give to someone that's new to PBL and maybe they're thinking about doing something similar to you in terms of the, the awards and incorporating research. Mm-hmm. Now that you've done this project several times, what are some just some, some pieces of feedback you would give to a new teacher uh, new to PBL and, and trying to implement something uh, that incorporates performance and incorporates research? Uh,
1: I would say that they need to remember good teaching is good teaching. And those finite research skills still need to be taught, but they just need to be taught within the formation of the project. To separate it makes it less authentic. But I mean, citations still need to be taught. Plagiarism still needs to be taught. But doing it outside of a project, it loses its, it's, it's meat. It loses its weight. If you're doing it within a project, something that they can actually use and create and move forward with, it helps it stick so that the next year when they do research, it'll come right back.
0: Now, how do you incorporate some of those core elements within your project?
1: Um, well, I'm, a, I'm an English teacher first and foremost. So we're going to do poetry. We're going to do grammar. We're going to...
0: I guess I mean structurally. Like, do you post um, small group conferencing or, you know, how how do you kind of structure your class in order to do that type of work? Okay,
1: say that one more time so I can make sure I answer your question properly.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, how do you structure your class so that you can do that type of work? Do you have, like, small group meetings oh, or you know workshops. Okay. How do how do you make sure you get that core content? Um out?
1: with our structure, we when they come in, they have a do now and that allows me to get um things set up for them. And we do have a staff meeting. Um and in that staff meeting we go mm-hmm. over just like in a in a corporation what the expectations are for the day of the old wow. business left over from yesterday. Um, and then they will break out into their teams. And in their teams, they have a small group meeting. What do we need to complete today? Who is going to be responsible for what? What time are we going to have these in? Do we need to stay together and work? Can we separate and work? They decide and then they go. Before the end of class, that team comes back together and they have another meeting and they check in. Did you finish your task? Yes. No. Did you finish it to quality? Because if you just finished it and it's trash, you know, Miss Savage doesn't want it. So they begin to monitor themselves because I tell them by the time I get it, three other people should have seen it and it should be almost flawless nice so I love that
0: so it, takes, it takes three before
1: me to it's another level before me that's right that is right but it it takes um practice and those types of um expectations have to be taught and a lot of people forget that especially with PBL because you get so excited about the project but those expectations and those procedures have
0: to be taught as well yeah absolutely well, Dara, tell us a little bit about how we can stay in, tell us a little bit about how we can stay in contact with you. Um, we want to connect with you on social media. I know you have uh, this amazing project that you do, and there is a special place where we can access that special project. T- hold on wait, wait one second, Dara. I'm going to say that part of okay. So Dara, tell us a little bit about, how we can stay connected to you. I know that your project is going to be featured somewhere. So if you want to plug that right now, this is a great time. Uh, But how can we stay connected with you? Well, I am uh, on social media at Twitter. You can find me
1: at MSD Laws. I have not changed that um, since I've gotten married. So I'm still MSD Laws on Twitter. Um, And... You can find uh, my educational group, Savage Educational Consulting Group, on Facebook. The Carter Awards. Thank you for the shameless plug, Shayla. Is one <laughs> is one of the projects that's featured in the new PBL book that's put out by ASDC um, by John Larmer and Susie Boss. So I will be in that. It came out on September twenty or September fourteenth. It just came out. It's great big orange book. So feel free to go pick that up. Um, and on my social media, I always put the ballot for the Carter Award. So it gets shared out to 31,000 people um, and they help determine nice. the winners for the Carter Award. So once you follow me on social media, you'll see all that
0: information. Nice, nice. Nice. And that's a pretty huge following, Derek. Can I just say that? (laughs) That's not me. That's That's Buck Institute for Education. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. (laughs) So thank you again. We really appreciate you. And I hope you have an awesome rest of your week. Thank you. You too, Shayla. It was great
1: talking to you. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of PBL in Practice. Take a moment right now and click that subscribe button. And if you want to hear past podcasts, please go to www.shaylastafford.com. Have an awesome week.